Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm going to try and fail to solve an ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. Uh, but not this week. This week we're doing something a little different. Uh, to celebrate our uh, one year anniversary as a podcast, we have been taking a lot of questions uh, from you all, and we're going to do kind of a mailbag and one year revisitation. Yeah, uh, you guys sent us a lot, a lot of questions, and we're going to try and answer all of, well, most if not all of them. Absolutely. <laughs> um, do we, yeah, I was about to say, let's get into, I, I was about to say, but before we do that, let's get into questions, but that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> um, boy, I have a script. Uh, we've got three kinds of questions, Martin. We have ARG questions, we have podcast questions, and we have, uh, us questions. Uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, I don't know. Are we doing, are we just, like, grouping them up? Are we, are we gonna do a mixed bag? How are we doing this? Um, so I have them sorted out by what they're about. I figured we could do that in segments. Okay. Um, I like it. So we've got a lot of stuff about ARGs, uh, some about the podcast, and some about us. ARGs is definitely our bigger segment. You want to start with that? We could do, like, three ARG questions and then, like, a personal question <laughs> just to mix it up a little That bit. works for me. I Let's do it. I will uh, I'll try to keep track of that. Let's do that. Okay. Um, we hell can yeah. Just cro- we can just cross them out on the spreadsheet. Sounds good. I will. I've got that gross, annoying mechanical keyboard, so I'm going to trust you to cross stuff out. Is that okay? Okay, yeah, I got you. Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, in that case, uh, we are going to start off with a question uh, from Sam. Uh, Sam writes in and says, uh, one, what ARG would you want to go back and play along with? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Could have, should have, would have, right? Like, um, I think I joked in one episode, just said kind of all of them. Like, if I could go back, they're all great. I would have loved to play along with them. I... I feel like, um, I feel like Art of the Heist is pretty up there. You just want free stuff. Well, yeah, but Art of the Heist (laughs) is also, like, fucking bonkers. Um, and I feel like This Is My Milwaukee is also pretty up there. I would have loved to go back and play along with This Is My Milwaukee. I wish, um, this is my Milwaukee feels like one of those like Craigslist missed connections because like yeah I saw that video back in the day I could have if I knew this was even a genre back then oh, like I, no. I I was right there and instead I was like look at this weird video okay back <laughs> to the skate park like <laughs> um but yeah that would it would be cool to go back and play along with that I also I wish I um I wish I'd kept up with a. Uh, Bear Stearns Bravo as it released. I probably would have been very mad, but uh, I it would have been cool to have known about that as it was happening rather than like getting told slightly after the fact. Yeah. Um, and then she has a follow-up question. I'm going to shorten it. Uh, what is your favorite puzzle from ARGs you've covered or played? Uh, that's a good question. So I have one um, oh, while you're okay. thinking. Um, and this one was from a game, uh, before I met you, it was from the, uh, a, um, a John dies at the end ARG from before your time for this book is full of spiders. Um, so one of the neat things about, um, that game was that there was a sort of a time locked puzzle, but it was like, um, it was, we unlocked like a list of words, um, 
just a bunch of you know words uh i don't know why i'm trying to i don't know um but we, we got a list of words that was like 30 of them um and then we found this site that was just like the first one it was a text entry field and you would put a word into that field and if it was successful it would take you into like you'd go from like website.com slash one to website.com slash two and if you put in the wrong word it would take you back to one Oh, that's so cool. And so as a group, we were all like, um, but there was also an instruction that was just like, only the first one to get it wins or something like that. And so we were like working as a group to say like, banana is the first word. Cross it off the list. It's it's the one for answer one. When, once we're there, we go through and you type in banana and then the second one and you fail. And you type banana and then the second one and you fail. And so we're going through trying to put all of these words into the, into the right order, working as a group and like working kind of not really alone because you, you don't want to like withhold information. But it is kind of like, OK, I know that Hawk is word seven, but like it's going to take other people a long time to find it. Maybe I'll keep trying and not put it in. It was a neat way to like kind of turn people against each other and make it work. Um, and in the end, I want to say that like the first person or the first three people, however much it said there were, um, were people that got sent like some prizes from the end of the game. Um, they got, I want to say t-shirts or, um, just some stuff about the release of the book. It was really cool. That's cool as hell. Yeah. It was a, it was a neat, um, struggle against time even though without having a direct like you better solve this in 30 minutes it was you better solve this before the person next to you who you've been working with this whole time it was really cool that is really cool um i am actually playing an arg right now that i really like the the core kind of puzzle concept of and i haven't talked about it on the show yet is this sky technologies it is sky technologies um and I know I've talked about it a little bit in our Discord, but kind of like the, the core loop of the game is that, um, or the core premise, I guess, uh, is that a bunch of us who are the players uh, have, like, we signed a waiver to be in this, like, consciousness transferal program, and it's being tested by having us solve puzzles. But the way that it works kind of in game is that uh we get transferred one at well it was one at a time now it's two at a time now that we're in round two uh Hmm. into a locked discord room where it's just us we can't interact with anyone else in the whole arg discord uh, and we're given puzzles to solve and you leave all of your notes on the puzzle there and well now there's another person that you can talk to and like hash things out um, and if you can't solve it in like however much time, well, there's no real time limit. Uh, people have been staying in for like up to 48 hours and then kind of bouncing, but there's like a password that you can type that like a bot will kick you back out into the main discord. Uh, but you can leave all of your notes behind for the next person. Uh, and it keeps going until someone solves the puzzle that we're on. And then we progress to the next puzzle and it's really cool. And I like it a lot. That's super um, cool. I really love the the structure that the uh, the ARG is followed of, like, as we're interacting with, like, the Discord bots and, like, doing more stuff in this server, we're unlocking 
more like hidden channels in the discord and we're able to see a lot of like the back end of sky technologies and like the secret employee channels where they leave their notes and stuff and it's super interesting and fascinating to me (laughs) that's really cool i know that we were um so i joined the server a little bit after y'all did um I know that I got in and like the main channel it was one channel. It was just like people saying like, hi, welcome to Sky Technologies. And it's all, I'm pretty sure a bot. Um, yeah. But then it was all of you all communicating through uh, reactions through Discord, trying to leave messages for the players. <laughs> yeah. And I just know that when I joined, I was like, oh, hi, I'm in this channel now. And a uh, friend of the show, Riley Hopkins was like, say piss. And I was like, <laughs> What? And I, I messaged I messaged them out of the game because I didn't realize like I didn't realize this meta level was like how the game worked. And so I I, I wasn't playing by the spirit of the game. I didn't realize it at the time. But I, I DM'd Riley and I was like, Are you trying to get me to say piss in the channel? And they were like, Yeah, say it like twenty five times. And oh I was like, God. I don't I don't wanna do that. <laughs> Because you start the game off by getting banned. You have to, like, you have to go against the sensor of the robot enough times for it to say, you're banned, go to the banned channel. And that's where everyone's talking. Yeah, the first night we were figuring out how it worked was so funny. Because only one person got banned at first. And we didn't know that there was, like, a secret chat that you could only access if you have, like, the the band role in the discord uh-huh. so she was like communicating with us through emoji reacts being like say fuck say fuck <laughs> just say fuck and we were like what's happening i was like why does riley want me to yell piss at a robot like 20 Cause when, times because when um it's it's actually really cool because like when you're banned you can see the main chat but you can't um type in it like uh, mm-hmm. that that's taken away from you you're banned but, yeah but eventually we got to a, another channel where you can manually ban and unban yourself so we have that access now so like if npcs are talking in um the main channel we can just go and unban ourselves um and there's also like a, a oh, secret interesting there's also like a third secret permaband channel that we could only get to <laughs> Once we got to, like, the admin channel that give, gave us access to ban and unban ourselves. That's very cool. Um, this kind of reminds me of um, the, uh, well, it, it reminds me of um, partially BB&B. Because uh, part of that game was, like, finding the secret area in the Orange Grove's Discord channel. We'll talk about that more next week. Um, <laughs> but then another part of it was, uh, in a different game... Um, Smilebot was a lot of yeah. like using Discord bot mechanics in order to facilitate a game. I think that's really cool. I wish I had more time to play Smilebot or Sky Technologies. I just don't have the time to devote to it right now. But it's so oh, yeah. cool. And I'm I wanna see the ways that people are moving this kind of medium forward now that people have more adapted to Discord. It's such a neat idea. It's cool as hell. There's a there's a second uh Discord uh, server for sky technologies where one of the npcs has become trapped like in the consciousness sharing program and is communicating through us exclusively through discord bots so we have to like figure out what bot commands prompt like unique responses from this character and it fucking rules that's so cool 
and they also change depending on like the time of day so like the main basically the main command is like contact npc and we just type that into the chat and a message comes up but that message will change throughout the day depending on what we're saying in the discord server so like recently it was like oh yeah i found this like sky tech person's password and if you type password like a puzzle will come up to give you the password and so we were talking earlier about like how the how like we're stuck on this puzzle and like we can't kind of figure it out and then somebody was like oh contact npc and it was like yeah sorry like the bot came up and was like yeah sorry i had to encrypt it but i like i can't get you information any other way and we're like oh dope (laughs) that's so cool oh it fucking rules it's it's really cool the gms are doing really cool stuff with uh discord bots that completely goes over my head (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome do you this can I can cut this out. Do you know who's running it? Oh yeah, uh, it's um, it's my friends L and Abe are running it. Um, who? Oh okay, are... I know Abe. Yeah, Abe made a collectible moon, trading yeah. moon game, and uh, is Abe Mendez on Twitter? Uh, L is uh, occasional L on Twitter. Um, and they are two game designers. And I think that what they're doing is super cool. And it's also kind of like becoming a little bit of a LARP in some ways, which is very cool because I know that they <laughs> also both have LARP backgrounds, um, which is which is like a wild thing that I've never experienced with ARGs because like um, a bunch of us were like, oh, these NPCs like left the forum. The only way we can communicate them is or the only way that we can communicate with them is through like Twitter DMs. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to like sneak my way in. And I messaged one of them like, Hey, I have like a friend who could help you like hack sky technologies. And then the GMs basically called my bluff and they were like, okay, what's your friend's Twitter account? Who are they? And I was like, (laughs) Oh no. It's, it's Sarn Milverman. (laughs) So I had to make like a an actual Sky Technologies character on Twitter for them to DM. That's so funny. And that like unlocked like a whole subplot with these NPCs that like probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. <laughs> oh yeah. That's super cool. It is super cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, we love an we love an ARG. <laughs> All right. Um Next question comes from a friend of the show, Riley Hopkins, again. Um, uh, Hey, gang, congrats on one year. Thank you. Also, congrats on being enrolled at gaming college as two joint teachers for the ARG class. What's your rubric, syllabus, and what are some of the more difficult projects I'll have to face as a student in your class? I'm confused. Are we enrolled in the college or are we employed at the college? I think that we are employed at the college. We're now, we're TAs for the... uh, the ARG class. No, we're 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 running the we're running the ARG class. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say if we're TAs, who's teaching? The class? <laughs> For uh, it's it's ARGs two hundred five. Um, what's <laughs> what's our rubric syllabus and some of the difficult projects? I feel like the the capstone project is obvious. You're gonna have to design an ARG. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, if we can't crack it, you fail. <laughs> 
right, oh, wait, hold on. If we can crack it, you fail. You gotta. <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like that's setting the bar a little bit too high. <laughs> um, you're gonna have to learn to uh, read binary uh, just at a glance. Um, you're gonna have to recognize rot thirteen and translate it in your head. Um, no, I I feel like um part of it is like learning from the past and figuring out how to move that forward i mean that's what all learning is right yeah and i think like learning how to tell a good story but still like preserving the mechanics of an ARG in that like the players have to solve puzzles to progress the story and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah it's i mean if you're teaching ARGs in school, which I'm sure, I'm sure that this is a thing that exists somewhere. Um, I'm sure that someone has interactive media as a class that is essentially our class, you know? Um, yeah. And I feel like a big part of this would be like what I wish my communications classes were in college, which was, here's how you set up a Twitter account. Here's how you set up like these things. Here's how mm-hmm. they work and how you can communicate and what makes different social media forms different from each other. Um, how you can use different online forms to tell different stories. Because um, a, a Tumblr ARG is going to be vastly different from a Twitter ARG just by the nature of what can be posted and how it's posted on those sites. Mm-hmm. Also, how does Discord work? (laughs) Go ahead. And, like, I would probably want it to have stuff about, like, how to make sure your project gets archived properly. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, that's something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. Mostly just to make it easier on us later when we want to talk about our student works. Um, But I, I do think that, like... I feel like one of the, um unspoken things that we've run up against in the past is that part of being an ARG is like part of what makes the art form what it is, is the ephemerality of it. It's kind of like any theater form that way. Um, Yeah. The downside of that is that like that becomes inaccessible and you lose part of what made it um, like, you know, you lose it if you let it go. Um, And I feel like, I don't think that a lot of ARGs have been let go intentionally. I feel like um, they've been let go as people bump up with the reality of the internet and what it's become over the past 30 years Um, and the way that the internet has been monetized and, you know, corporatized. I'm not going to get up on a capitalist high horse right now, but like, um, I, I feel like a lot of ARGs weren't ready for the capitalization of the internet and the ways that that has led to, you know, a domain expires. Well, what happens when that happens is your game goes away. Um, I don't think a lot of people expected that or thought about it ahead of time. And so um, you lose a lot of stuff that would have been archived if people had thought of it ahead of time. Yeah. And there's also like, how how do you archive something without it just being like a list of puzzles that were solved? Like, mm-hmm. how do you preserve more than that? And like, because like, we could talk all we want about like, oh, this puzzle was binary and it was solved this way. But, like, that doesn't really say anything about, like, the community of people that solved the puzzle or, like, what they thought about it or, like, how they ran up against a wall with this one puzzle and they, like, had to find a very clever workaround. 
Yeah, like on one hand, that is kind of the ephemerality of the medium. Like, yeah, oh yeah, it's it it is frustrating that um. So if we look at something like the ARGs we've played in the past, there are a lot of puzzles that would be, you know, and we would say, oh, they find a file. They realize that the uh, the code on the page is in, you know, rot whatever translated into base 64. And when they decode it, they get into this thing in the file. But what you lose is just like, and then the player sat for two weeks um, trying <laughs> to figure out how to get that file open and... Um, you know, trying to figure out how to get it open. And along the way, they, you know, they talked and had a good time and met each other and became friends. Um, and along the way, the DM sent them a bunch of little uh, red herring puzzles. Uh, that at first, they thought were just to taunt them. But then they realized that, like, oh, hold on. These are the steps we need to take to make this happen. They're just doing it in, like, instead of going A to B to C to D to E, they're doing one of them is A to B. Then the next one is, like, C to D. And then the next one's B to C, and you realize, oh, wait a minute, what if we do this in that order? Yeah. Um, and all of those decoded to butts.jpg, which is frustrating, <laughs> but it also taught us something along the way. Like, you lose those, you lose the human element of an ARG when you, um, when it just becomes documented like that. And I, unless you've got someone that's, like, actively working daily to write down everything that happened in a day, I don't know how well you can uh, lock that away and archive it. But I would love to try and push forward and ask for that because um, it's it's tough trying to go back now and you lose you lose the magic a little bit. And I, I feel like in a way Discord is helping with that because it makes it really, really easy to keep your chat logs. Mm-hmm. Um, And like. Yeah, because because like on IRC and stuff, it wasn't always easy to have the logs. And there's also people doing stuff like videotaping live events or like i know that um for sky technologies there's been some stuff that were like events in the like the voice chat where we all kind of like spectated on npcs talking and um riley has been recording those and uploading them for people to listen to later if they can't be online at the time which is really cool hell yeah well that's i know i still have um in my phone uh, one of my favorite um, bits locked away in my photos folder is a folder called Arg Shenanigans um, that is just screenshots of ARG messages from back in the day. Um, I still have stuff from um, back in the this book is full of spiders ARG and um, the fancy suits and future fu- fa- fancy suits and futuristic violence uh, ARG that I I have chat log saved on my phone. Um, and just screenshots of fun things that we did that I revisit every once in a while. Um, but those chats aren't there anymore. Like that screenshot is the only thing that we have, um, which I is think, sad. I think Danger or Mika or someone had like the entire IRC chat log from the This Book is Full of Spiders ARG saved somewhere. Oh, hell yeah. I remember, I remember somebody talking about it during uh, the Blink Network ARG. So that that exists somewhere, I think. That's awesome. I would love to get my hands on that. I need to reach out to Danger. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, let's jump one more ARG question, and then we'll jump down to the other rest of the list. Oh, so yeah, to to wrap all that up, uh, surprise! It's actually a history class. Um, we're gonna teach you how to be an archivist. Um, <laughs> you can figure out args on your own time. Uh, Vitanitus, 
uh, reaches out and says, For my question, have you guys ever participated in a website ARG? Like, was there ever a Neopets ARG or a Gaia Online ARG? Um, on one hand, yes, all of them are kind of a website ARGs. But from these, like, bigger websites, I think you were telling me once that there was kind of a Neopets ARG. Oh, yeah. The, so the early Neopets plots were straight up ARGs. Um, I actually want to talk about them on the show at some point. <laughs> because they were super cool. Uh, and I'm a little bit obsessed with them. Um, but yeah, they the original Neopets plots, like, back in kind of the late 90s, early 2000s, were... Um, I think the first one was, like, a murder mystery. Uh, there was one where... Um, a bunch of the shopkeepers and, like, the, the shops that you can go to around the website uh, started disappearing. Uh, and the whole plot was like, hey, figure out where they went. Um, hmm. And there was stuff where you had to, like, go into the source code of pages to uh, get keywords for it. That's real cool. Um... I think there was also one there was also one that took place on the uh space station and it had like a evil ai protagonist <laughs> um, that one off the card. <laughs> i know um and neopets actually if you uh if you google around neopets um has a couple of pages up that summarize uh some of the older plots so like um the the mystery island plot which was like where a bunch of the uh shopkeepers would go missing uh the first clue was like you literally had to look into the source code uh and it gave you a clue as to where you had to go next and it was like a secret page where you would get like a quest from a character who had never existed on neopets before and yeah. stuff like that. And the and the first uh bit of the space station one um was uh they like released something in the news page that led you to like look up a specific item and then you had to go to a shop uh of like a specific Neopet user and then go to their user page and that had like the next puzzle on it yeah that's args baby that's args baby i really want to talk <laughs> about them at some point because i was like obsessed with these when i was younger hell yeah then we won't get too deep into them right now uh, we'll definitely get into those at some point on the show um but a follow-up question that they sent was how would you go about incorporating ciphers into a DD campaign um or an rpg campaign in general um one thing I want to point out um, in the so for the fifth edition player's handbook for D&D, um, they give a listing of like dwarven and elvish runes or whatever. Um, those are just a straight up cipher one to one with um, English. So if you want or, you know, what do they call it with, with letters? Um, those are just a straight up one to one uh, cipher with letters. Um, so you can just substitute stuff out like that. I know that I've had um, I've had a DM send me a message in. Uh, you know, runes before that I had to translate out myself and then go from there and answer a letter or whatever. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, but a lot of that stuff is like outside of the game. Um, 
it can be tough to like in the middle of your campaign slide a piece of paper across the table to your friends and then sit back and twiddle your thumbs while you wait for them to solve a puzzle um personally i would keep a cipher thing to something outside of the game and something for extra credit because i know that like that's the kind of thing that i would forget that i had until like 20 minutes before playing and then be like oh shit i meant to translate that i don't have time now i hope it's not important um (laughs) but i know that like translating a cipher takes time and so doing it in the middle of a session can be frustrating especially if like you're just waiting on one person to translate a thing so that everyone can keep playing yeah um yeah i don't i don't know that i have that much to add because i don't think i've ever actually played in a um in a campaign that did any arg adjacent stuff yeah the closest i've ever come is stuff you know a little bit outside of the game where you chat between sessions and stuff like that but um never anything on like a real level like that yeah uh let's jump down a little bit uh podcast question or us question uh either that doesn't help you me Martin. Decide. all right i'll go to the top of this list uh quinn sends us a message and says what inspired you to make this podcast um i remember how this podcast started do you yeah i mean i i had wa- been wanting to make an arg podcast for like a year before this happened <laughs> It was just, like, something that I would joke about, like, once a month or whatever, and be like, who's gonna start a podcast with me where I just, like, talk about ARGs at them, and they just, like, sit there and listen to me silently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and... So I, you dropped that in a, um, a Discord channel that we're both in around the same time that I, I had just gone to PodCon, um... So I I just gone to PodCon as a fan of podcasts, and I was like, okay, I had a good time. I kind of got bit by a bug. I'd like to make something. I I've I don't know. I've always wanted to be a creative person and find stuff that I can make. And so I was like, I could do that. I have a microphone. I have this. Um, it'd be fun to do. But I don't have anyone that's willing to be a co-host with me, and I don't know what I want it to be about. I was thinking about doing a podcast about magic. Um no one around me wanted to do that um and so one day you posted that in the chat and i was like yeah i could do that (laughs) i've listened to sawbones before and that's basically just like one person's an expert one person is the commentary um i've seen that like that format in other podcasts before and it seems to work i like marn that could be cool (laughs) and here we are Hell yeah. Yeah. And then we we did it. And then and we did it. It's been a year. Yeah. Um, Marn gave me some of the best advice I'd ever heard uh, in a Twitter post that uh, she made a little while ago. That was just like, hey, if you want to do a thing, you can just do that. Um, do you want to write a game? You can just do that. Do you want to start a podcast? You can just do that. Um, and you know what? She's right. You can just do that. Um, Literally, you can just do anything. Yeah. Writing's fake. Podcasts are fake. Uh, anyone can do it. Go for it go nuts uh and then colton asks how did you come up with the name for the show i think that was me right uh i think so yeah i think that uh for anyone that doesn't know um the argonauts were like in greek mythology they went out and like looked up 
they, they looked up the golden sheep. Um, they they pulled up a Google Google tab and were looking for the golden fleece. Um, but they went out searching for it and ran into adventures along the way. And I think that Argonaut was a thing that we had started calling ourselves in ARGs as we'd been playing them, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I think it's a pretty common uh thing for ARG players to call themselves gotcha okay i didn't realize that one i thought that we came up with it back in our <laughs> in our uh in our john dies at the end days um we can cut we can cut that part out <laughs> no you're good um that's fine i'll sit with it for a while um no we we had called ourselves that when we were playing and i was like that could be a good name uh you know hit you hit arg in the title so that we can have that capitalized so that people like see what we're dealing with in the middle of the name because i wanted it to be accessible but also like i don't know it's a weird thing i wanted it to stand out i didn't want it to just be like the arg podcast you know yeah so yeah uh now we're the argonauts and um that mistake means that now we get buried under greek mythology podcast when you try and search for us in uh in podcast uh feeds so rate us five stars so that we go up in the ratings when you search for argonaut on apple podcasts it's also really hard to uh search our to find people on twitter who are listening to us because nobody uses our hashtag and we get buried under uh People talking about the sports team, the the (laughs) like Seattle Argonauts. Yep. There's a lot of Argonauts posts. I should get a jersey. We should get jerseys, Marn. (laughs) 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 All right. um, Faust writes in and they ask us, who's the ultimate ARG ship? Is it Roger Murder and Trevor? Is it Max scene teens and their human? The boat that the Bioshock Sad Dad lived on for a bit and Sad Dad? Who's the ultimate ARG ship, Marn? Oh no. Um that's a good question. I don't have we actually covered any ARGs with like canon with people in like canon relationships? Um, Art the Heist, right? Weren't oh they yeah, Art of the Heist. Either the, dating uh, or Ian exes. And Nisha. Yeah, yeah, they were dating um gosh i don't know um i feel like i was actually thinking about this earlier i feel like ergs don't focus a lot on npc relationships which is weird to me yeah it's a lot of like player relationship to npcs but not about player not about npc relationships to each other which is go ahead which is like weird because that's like something that i would be interested in but also not something that i think about a lot when it comes to ARGs. yeah what's the um you know the um so there's that game called dread which is a horror tabletop game that you play using a jenga tower right uh-huh there's a game that uses that same mechanic but it's about relationships do you know what i'm talking about oh yeah starcrossed starcrossed What's the Starcross equivalent to ARGs? Where like every time you finish a cipher, two characters get a little closer to falling in love. Oh my god. Oh, that'd be so good. Someone someone make someone make a really wholesome ARG that's just like about the players helping two people like have a meet cute. Marn, we need to scrap the uh 
the ARG to kill all other ARGs and eat their bones, and we need to replace <laughs> it with the ARG to find all other ARGs and make them bone. <laughs> Caitlin writes in and says, are there any puzzle types or ciphers that you'd like to see an ARG use that you haven't seen before? Wait, I didn't answer the question. Oh, you're the right. Ultimate... Who is the ultimate ARG ship? Sorry, I was trying to transition away from my terrible joke. Uh... Uh, the ultimate energy ship is Bioshock's sad dad and the detective who is helping him find the uh, big sister. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're good. Um, yeah, I, that's probably it, right? Uh... They got a real, like, Lupin the Third Zenigata relationship going on. I like that. I don't know if I would call Bioshock's sad dad Lupin the I, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to complicate matters. It's a very sad Lupin the Third. <laughs> He's like if Lupin the Third had like extra depression. No charisma. <laughs> <laughs> no charisma, all depression. <laughs> oh, you know what? In uh I Love Bees, there was the uh the guy and his hacker friends girlfriend that fell in love what the okay no there was the hacker kid went on a date with a girl who had a boyfriend and then busted him out like oh you're right there's a relationship it's one of like eight relationships like character interactions in that in that arg yeah i love i love bees just have some good romance stuff in it yeah, I'll say uh, the ultimate ARG shift is Terry Nanny and the ineffable passage of time. Um, <laughs> the ultimate ARG shift is frogs and fractions. <laughs> frogs and fractions. Asked and answered. <laughs> uh, again, Caitlin says, are there any types of puzzles or ciphers you'd like to see an ARG use that you haven't seen done before? Romance. Ha. Huh. Yeah, romance. Mate, I think we just characters, that one. smooch. <laughs> just an ARG dedicated to making two AIs fall in love with each other. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. The answer's uh, Bear Stearns Bravo. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the answer is uh, Horse Ebooks and Pronunciation Book. Yeah, Horse, horse Ebooks X Pronunciation Book OTP. Um, yep, that's it. That's the ship. <laughs> uh, anyways, any puzzle type or ciphers you want to see an ARG use that you haven't seen done before? Um, I know this is kind of a cop out answer, but like, surprise me. I don't want to know what I want to see. You know what I mean? Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head that I want to see someone do. The bot stuff that you're talking about with Sky Technology sounds super dope. I love that kind of integrating a system to make a character rather than just like a and like a person playing an NPC talking to characters. Having that level of bot interactivity in the middle is super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to like kind of alongside harder puzzles just like gradually unveil stuff and like still feel like I'm having a part in discovering things just like fucking delights me Mm -hmm. yeah i i agree that kind of like decipherability as it goes along is so cool rather than just like step one step two step three you know yeah i want to any type anytime that i get to interact in a cool way i'm happy i do like uh puzzles where you have to physically put something together 
like uh when Alyssa and i did uh our prairie song arg we mailed someone a jigsaw puzzle that had a riddle written on the back and they couldn't see the entire riddle until they assembled the whole jigsaw puzzle i i really like puzzles with like a physical component like that because i like because i i feel like that's something that comes easier to a lot of people than like staring at a like a triple encoded cipher on your computer screen Mm -hmm. because like i might not be able to solve something like that but if you give me like a 300 piece jigsaw puzzle like yeah i'll sit down on the floor and i'll put it together (laughs) you give me three days it'll get done yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah i love i love physical stuff i i love it when to me, that's when an ARG becomes something special is when mm-hmm. um, something enters the real world, um, whether that's through a dead drop or through a meetup in the real world or something like that. When it goes out of the computer screen and into your real life in some way, even if it's just getting a package in the mail, um, that's when stuff becomes cool. So send players more cool stuff. 2020. Yeah, for the for the Blink Network ARG, uh, when I got my fake internship, I got like a little care package with like a mug and like a monogrammed business card holder mm-hmm. and a pack of business cards. And the and the pack of business cards had like a puzzle on the back of them where I had to like actually lay them all out on the floor to form like a number cipher, which was dope as hell. That's so cool. Oh, it was so cool. I still have my mug and everything. That game was so cool. I really hope we get a new game with futures with uh, the fancy suits too. Me too. Danger if you're listening. Danger if you're listening. I'll throw you money. Actually, I can't right now. I'll write you a check if you cash it in like two years. <laughs> I'll I'll put it on my card. <laughs> I got a wedding to plan, but if I didn't, I'd fund the game. <laughs> Danger, start a crowdfunding campaign. For the Danger, next start a Patreon. <laughs> start a Kickstarter for the ARG. That's never gone wrong before. If you go to Patreon2.com, you can find our new <laughs> Kickstarter. <sighs> Taylor. Patreon2. Taylor writes in and says, if you were to design an ARG starter kit for potential designers, what would you put in it and what advice would you give? Oh, this is a this is a good one. I feel like there's um, a lot of ARG starter kits for solving ARGs, but mm-hmm. not a lot for like, what do you need to know to design an ARG? Uh, definitely. I, I don't know how you would put this in a starter kit, but like knowing how to like write yourself a schedule is a big tool uh that helped when i when Alyssa and i did our ARG which would not have happened i don't think if Alyssa wasn't so like on the ball and organized as she is um but that really helped me to like kind of break down every single puzzle into like okay here's the day that the puzzle is going to go live and then here is a list of things that need to all like here's here's a list of gears that all need to be turning on our end to Mm -hmm. make sure that the puzzle is solvable and they can get to the next step and then and like do all the things that they're supposed to do and like being able to break down every single thing really helped me when I came to like not feeling overwhelmed I could just look at the to-do list and be like okay today I'm gonna 
do like this this and this and that's gonna be my ARG work like for today right yeah that um yeah it's the it's it's the unsexy work that happens behind the scenes that like Mm -hmm. really make things go (laughs) um yeah having a to-do list and a schedule and being able to stick to it is important um and then I also think that like like there are tools online that you can find that like serve as both an encoder and decoder. Um, yeah, I would put in it um, a little beta tester um, that you can feed your codes to that'll look through them and say, "Yeah, this works," or like, "No, you did it wrong," because um, <laughs> you know that's I'm trying to think what are the mistakes that I see people run into, um, and like not having a code correctly on the site is a big one that we ran into a bit. Um, And then um, with what you were saying, like there are times when, as we've been talking, uh, you'll say like, great. And then the players found this and they let them do to a URL and it didn't do anything then. But then two days later they went back to that (laughs) URL and it was live. And it was like, okay, um, probably should have that ready to go when you give it to the players. But you know, um, time is hard like i get it and sometimes people stumble onto something quicker than you expect you expect a puzzle to take them two days and it takes them an hour you know because someone looks at it and goes oh i know exactly what that is um mm-hmm. yeah that that would be you know um a a day planner um a little tiny beta tester to tell you when your code works and when it doesn't um and then the advice to go nuts have fun with it um it's a game um i know that there is a lot of uh, Marn, if, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, uh, the tabletop role-playing game is kind of dominated by a game <laughs> called Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I th- but D&D um, kind of leads to a mentality among players of the game that there is a DM and then there are players. And the DM's focus for the game is separate and entirely different from the player's focus and playing of the game. And so you kind of lose a lot that people focus on in a lot of indie RPGs of like the DM GM, whatever you're calling them. They're there to facilitate stuff, but they're also an active player. Um, Mm -hmm. An ARG. Like if you're doing an ARG for a business to advertise a problem or advertise a product, you kind of lose this a little bit because it is your job, but like it's an ARG. People shouldn't be taking it super seriously relax take a deep breath have fun with it um yeah if you're having fun with what you're designing players will have fun with it and if you're not then it's it's going to show through um i know that we've covered one or two games where the you know the reason that the game ended was creator burnout um know when to pull the plug if you need to um Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to say like we need to go on hiatus you know maybe build something in that says like something's going to happen in two months or whatever but like know when to take a hiatus and know how to keep yourself in, engaged and involved in the game. Um, don't just think that you're a role in service of the players. It doesn't work unless you're playing too. Yeah. Um, and I, I think definitely a certain degree of kind of flexibility is helpful because then like when your players are like, Oh, wouldn't it be super dope if like we did this? You could be like, yeah, that would that be super would dope. Would be super and, dope. Yeah, <laughs> then, like just fucking r- take that ball and run with it. I I also think um, one of the things that I've realized as um, 
I've been as we've been doing this podcast, um, as as we've been doing this and learning ARGs, I've also been getting more involved with learning other tabletop games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, read other games that aren't directly an ARG. Um, yeah, in the same way that like I saw a um a game composer posting on Twitter the other day that was like. A lot of people reach out and say, like, what other video games and like what other video game music inspires you to make music for your games? And guys, the answer is not other video games music. The answer is other music of all genres, of all Mm -hmm. types, of all like, um, you know, not to be the guy that's like read a book, but like read other games, Um, read what people are doing to push play forward in other um in other mediums um whether that's in something you know looking at video games and seeing interesting ways of progression there or looking at tabletop games and seeing how the player agency is considered and a lot of like safety tools that are being put into into tabletop games these days um these are all important ways to engage with players and play and keep them engaged in a way that is healthy and meaningful um moving forward and learning from other genres that are learning how play is evolving will only help your game grow. Yeah. And I, I will say like playing an ARG run by people who like write and participate in LARPs and write tabletop games is just like a completely different experience than playing an ARG. That's like supposed to be marketing for like a video game or that's run by just like a random reddit person because like the sky technologies ARG has safety tools implemented into it how so um so they recently did it but um abe has a discord based uh like safety tool thing for their other games that they've written which is uh there's custom emojis that you use to be like hey, I want to reserve this space to, like, reply to this message. Or, hey, I really like, like, this idea or, like, where where this is going. Or, hey, can we pause and all check in with each other right now? Um, okay. And it's just, like, and and it's, you react to the, to, like, the Discord posts with those. Um, and it, it's kind of just, like, a really easy way of, like, letting people and, like, letting other players and the GMs know, like, what the kind of emotional temperature is and like that they like something that's happening or that they need to like pause and have a conversation. It's just neat. That's yeah. That's really cool. I, it's really cool hearing ways that those are getting implemented in games, um, you know, in mm-hmm. tabletop spaces. And then I feel like it should bounce back into other game spaces as a, as a whole. Um, one of the things that can be kind of frustrating with ARGs is that like, there's not always a way to pause, you know? Um, yeah. You know, that's one of, you know, I was about to say in video games, you can always pause. It's not the case anymore. And it's really annoying. <laughs> um, but like, you know, there's a way that players deserve a way to like, take a space and get a break if they need it. Um, yes. Remember that as a designer, you do too. Um, you know, players can sit for a day or two if they need to. Um, mm-hmm. Don't, push when you can't you know like like i just said the thing that i i want to emphasize is that in an arg you're playing too um don't lose sight of that and take care of yourself as you're playing yeah and like i feel like 
Um, even even like the the John dies at the end synergies were fairly good about that because, um, at least in the Blink Network, I felt like Danger was usually almost always around in some capacity and could like tell when things were getting heated for real. Mm-hmm. There was um, yeah, there was some player drama that happened in those games. Yeah, I I remember specifically there was a point where like people were arguing in like the IRC and I like came in and I was like, hey, this is getting super heated, so like I'm gonna take a break for a little bit because this is like not what I came here for. And Danger like privately messaged me through Twitter or whatever, through like one of the ARG Twitter accounts and was like, Hey, are you good? Like, I just wanna make sure like that you're like emotionally okay from what's going on. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But like just the fact that he stepped out of character to like reach out to me and make sure everything was okay was like super cool and had never happened to me before in an ARG. That's, and I really appreciated it. That's super cool. I know that I've done that with some players in ARGs yeah. before. Um, but I've, it's cool to hear that as a GM, DM, whatever, uh, that they're stepping out to do that too. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's neat. Um, yeah, so take care of yourself and your players. Um, fill out a spreadsheet. Make sure you know what's going on. Uh, learn how to take a break and play the game too, because you're a player. Uh, those are our those are our advice and our our starter kit for potential designers. Uh, let's jump down. Let's get some us questions. Uh, I'm gonna get one aimed at me. Uh, Fabi writes in and says Andrew's wrong about Candyland. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a question. I know. A lot of people told me that in the past week. I get it. Um, sorry. I didn't realize that would be the hot take that got me in hot water. Um, Riley Hopkins writes in and says, if you could take a skill, <laughs> talent, or feat, like double jumping, force pushing, always knowing when someone's lying, etc., cetera, uh, and have it for yourself as a real person, what would it be? And I will say, when they wrote in this question, I thought double jumping, easy choice. And then I realized, I don't remember the last time I've jumped in my real life. <laughs> I can tell you exactly the last time I jumped in my real life. <laughs> when, when was it? What happened? Uh, last weekend, it was. it had just rained really heavily. Sidebar, I have not seen the sun in like a week and a half. I'm dying Ugh. out here. Please send help. Yeah, <laughs> we had a weirdly hot day on Sunday. Um, but other than that, it's been like that here in Michigan. It's miserable. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been like humid, but the sky has just been like flat gray for like a week and a half. It sucks. Ugh. Um, it So it had just rained, I think, like the night before. And Alyssa and I went for a walk at like a, a walking trail near me. Um, but the walking trail also is near a lot of like standing bodies of water Mm. and has a lot of like dips. So parts of it were flooded. Uh, and there was a huge puddle that we could not walk over. And Alyssa was like, Alyssa did the smart thing. and was like, I'm going to walk across this like board that's in the water. And I was like, (laughs) I can probably jump this if I get a running start. Man is only separated by the heavens from that which he will not ramp. Let's do this. Um, and the first time I got over it, uh, but 
the second time on our way back uh, to where we had parked, I was like, yeah, I can do this again. I feel pretty good about this. Soaked my entire pants oh. leg. Um, <laughs> I would take the lazy power. Uh, I don't want to force push. I want to force pull. Uh, the same way that like Jedi are always able to just like whoop their lightsabers to their hand. I want to be able to do that with literally everything. I just want to. I just want to be like, oh, the controllers on the other side of the couch. Yeet. Um, <laughs> I guess it's a reverse yeet, whatever you'd call that. Um, oh, my switch is over there. Let's just like doop right into the slot. Okay, now I don't have to get up and do it myself. I never want to so get just... up or do anything. I just want to like wave my hand at a thing and have a problem be solved. So just telekinesis. That's a better way to word it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I understand that. I would probably take uh, the the bard from Wandersong's talent of uh, singing to solve puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> That'd come in handy in ARG. That should be a uh-huh. solution to more ARGs. Record yourself singing a specific song. <laughs> Hey, I don't know, El and Abe, if you listen to this, but I know that you've both recently wrote uh, wrote songwriting games. Uh, more singing in the ARG, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's exit out of this one, and then let's get this one. Um Sam writes in and says, what's your ideal Pokemon team? Um, I feel like that's a lot to ask of just grab six Pokemon randomly go. Um, I'm going to narrow it down a little bit. What's your like gym leader type and then the signature Pokemon that you use in your gym? Oh, okay. Well, can we do uh, like a whole team for gym for gym leader? Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because uh, I'm definitely a ghost type leader. Okay. I don't think there was really any question about that I, no i knew it immediately <laughs> um i feel like i've done this for myself before and made myself like a, a gym leader team um but i think that my uh my main pokemon is definitely gengar uh but i i also have like a, a duskull and a sableye uh, and a Drifblim, and probably a Chandelure. Hell yeah. Oh, and a, and a Golurk. Uh, I, I've been playing Pokemon Shield kind of on and off, and my Golurk is, uh, like, my team tank right now. Hell yeah. And I love it so much. That's a good team. I yeah. That's a good team. I like that team. I, I spent my whole life growing up uh, thinking I didn't like water Pokemon, because I really liked fire types. I liked Charmander a lot as a kid. And then my brother always picked Squirtle and water types. And I was like, I hate that he picks water types. Water types are dumb. <laughs> and I grew up and realized how cool water types were. Um, so I'd be a water type trainer. I think that my signature Pokemon would be um, my Kingler. And I think that I'd want mm-hmm. it to be like, yeah, guess who? Um, I'd want it to be like <laughs> a physical attacker water Pokemon. So I would pick uh, Kingler. I would pick uh, Polyrath. Um, I would pick um, Kabutops. Um, and I would pick... Uh, I really like the new water Pokemon, Beraskuda. 
Um, I like that line. I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, so that'd be my team Four, four Pokemon that are ready to get in there and rumble with some water types. <laughs> I have a, I have a Kingler and shield, uh, that has been pretty, pretty good to me. Oh yeah. So. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> we have a, uh, we have a Crawdont in a uh, Sam and my Nuzlocke around and it's, it's good, but it's, it's not quite a Kingler. <laughs> I need to pick up shield again. I like I got all the way to like the dark type gym and then I just stopped and I haven't picked up the game in like a month. <laughs> you got to get back to it, Mart. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey everyone, we're going to cut in here with a brief announcement. Yeah, we have an advertiser for the show that isn't one of our Orange Groves friends this week, which is very exciting. Yeah, it's really cool to be able to bring some money into the 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 show that's out of our our patreon support uh it's weird but here's our ad i guess this isn't an ad so much as it is outreach we've heard rumblings about pepsi sponsoring this podcast and the record deserves to be set straight don't take the money they aren't your friend they've never been a friend to old bowtie nebula here view slurper beverage is the enemy one long lane dormant. They say that they stopped being an enemy long ago, but <laughs> those of us in the know are in the know. They never disarmed, and their threat is only growing. I'm Bowtie Nebula. Join me in standing up against their vile propaganda and exposing them to the world. Tango, Golf, Papa, Golf, Mike, November, Oscar. Lowercase. See you in a bit. So, hey, it's not a usual ad, but it's a start. Yeah, I mean, chuck us some money and we'll we'll play your stuff on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if you're also interested, um, we have a part in our Discord. Uh, if you want to talk about the ads, we set up a new channel. It's called uh, Ad Talk or something like that. Um, if you want to go there and let us know what you think of our ads or something like that, if there's an ad that you don't like, uh, hit us up and let us know. It's a good place to talk about them. Um, that'll be in our Discord, not the Orange Groves. Which we will link in the show notes, possibly, because yeah. we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> I, I linked it in starting last week. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to announce our intern? Oh, yeah. So uh, thank you guys for sending us so many great internship applications. Uh, it started as a goof, but uh, it's kind of not anymore because we realized that it would be cool to like actually have an intern to help us manage our shit especially like the discord and our email which we never check so yeah uh... <laughs> i i i need my tuesdays back i don't want to edit anymore <laughs> <laughs> so uh we have uh reviewed everyone's resumes and we have hired an intern uh her name is alice uh you can find her on twitter at redesign your logo uh Yay, what... alice redesign yr logo uh i believe she is in the discord as alice poppy and we are going to uh make her a discord mod because uh android i can't be everywhere all the time yeah y'all are an unruly bunch and we want to make sure that uh things are being taken care of yeah uh she might manage our twitter a little bit we don't know uh we'll see when we get there yeah um yeah we started as a joke and now we have an intern i feel so official yeah it's nice <laughs> hell yeah um i think that's gonna do it for announcement corner unless you got anything else uh no i think that that's it <laughs> great uh back to the show all right uh let's jump back up uh 
Vry Kaiser wrote in and they said, It seems like the creation end of ARGs is very cis dude heavy, or at least the ones you've covered. Is that because a lot of them are older and famous and it was a resource access barrier, or is that disparity still present? I think that it is still present, but less so. Yeah. Um, I think that it, it kind of... The problem right now is that a lot of the people who um, came up through the ARG scene when it was really big in like kind of the mid-aughts to late-aughts are cis dudes. And a lot of the projects that they boosted support are by cis dudes <laughs> um, yeah it checks out as it is in a lot of fields mm-hmm. um i i don't necessarily know that it's a resources access barrier so much um but i know that there are definitely queer arg makers out there doing very cool stuff um the there was a web series called Daisy Brown. Um, I forget if it has ARG elements, um, but it was like a horror web series with like very cool practical effects and like puppets that the the person made herself. Um, and she's now doing another series called Echo Rose uh, that I know is made by an LGBT creator. Uh, that is very cool. Um... The only, like, ARGs I know that are being made by, like, LGBT creators are, like, people who I'm personally friends with. (laughs) Um, But I don't necessarily know that it's, like, a a resources access barrier because a lot of ARG creators just kind of use their own money to fund their stuff, as we've talked about. Um, But not to be self-centered but I feel like our podcast has helped open a lot of cool similarly LGBTQ friends of mine up to knowing about ARGs and like kind of wanting to run their own ARGs and that is one of the reasons that I'm so glad that we make Argonauts. Yeah, I have seen <laughs> a lot of people start ARGs in the year since we've started the show, and I don't want to I don't want to claim responsibility for it, but I do kind of look around and go like, "Oh, I know these people. They're our listeners. They're my little arg mm-hmm. babies." Um <laughs> I to be selfish, I like having a show that puts um ARGs in the spotlight and I really like the Orange Groves network because it gives uh, both of us as bisexual people um and it gives the audience around us as people all along the LGBTQ spectrum um access to a podcasting space and um shows that represent them in the real world and it's cool to bring this uh medium forward to that audience and through that network um I like being a part of that. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of, <sighs> I don't want to be mean on our podcast. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you want to say? 
I can I, I can edit it a, if you want. I think that a lot of the YouTube men that cover ARGs are very focused on telling people what is the right way to make an ARG and what is the wrong way to make an ARG. Um, and I feel like a lot of their coverage of the things that they cover comes from a place that is very much, oh, this ARG is good technically, and I am going to give it a gold star for being interesting and good to me. Uh, and this is how everyone should make their ARGs from now on. Um, Marn, you, um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you were very vague in, uh, in saying the phrase men on YouTube. Uh, you definitely put on a voice of a certain person as you said that listen when you listen to enough youtube arg men as i do they all do that voice because there's they all want to sound like that unfortunately (laughs) um we could be the argonauts podcast a podcast dedicated to talking about the strange arg phenomenon that exists around us are they real or are they not Am I going to make a 40-minute video telling you exactly what we should call this new genre? It's not like it's not like people have been talking for the past, I don't know, since the start of the genre about what we should call it, but I'm going to lay down the hammer and say this is what it should be. I've decided it. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like a lot of um, YouTube like arg commentators or whatever they call themselves i i don't specifically know what the kind of like genre of youtube video is um are really focused on having a hard stance of like is this arg or web series good versus is it bad um and there aren't so many that are focused on just laying out an arg for you and being like hey here's this cool thing yeah, I know that we, I mean, we get in and we, we grade ARGs yeah, along I mean, the way, like, but yeah. we're, I don't know, we're telling a story. We're, we're just, you know, I, I feel like at the end of the day, there isn't a, at the end of the day, there isn't a, a ARG that we've covered that isn't one of my little ARG babies that I now put on a shelf. <laughs> you know, like I'm, and, even the ones that I've dis I've liked the least, I could probably tell you which one it is, but I'm not going to go and be like, ugh, fuck that game. Like, is a little arg baby i love it (laughs) yeah and i feel like every time we cover an arg that we both think is good we're not like this is the way that everyone should make args forever i would like this is like the model i would like it if more args were like uh iris uh more args should be weird (laughs) navel gazy reinterpretations of very weird uh not at all navel gazy media franchises um, yes. <laughs> but other than that, no, yeah, I don't feel like we're, we, we judge, but I don't think we're judgmental, if that makes any sense. And we, like, don't pretend to be authorities on this at all. Yeah, absolutely not. I still feel like I'm, like, my biggest sense of imposter syndrome is, like, how unconnected I am from ARGs as a whole, even though I'm on this show. Like, I, I, um... Yeah, I would not pretend to be an authority figure. If someone reached out and was like, hey, you should come talk at, like, the 
you should talk about ARGs on stage. And I'd be like, absolutely not. I'm an idiot. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And I, f- I feel like, kind of to circle back around to the question, one reason that a lot of the ARGs that we kind of tend to talk about are so, like, cis dude heavy are because a lot of the modern ones have, uh, or the modern ones that are, like, fairly well known, uh, have come out of kind of like the game detectives culture of being like video game people video Mm -hmm. you know just like guys who like video games (laughs) and like the the ARG subreddit which is like mostly people who are like obsessed with marble hornets and like cicada 301 like that yeah um and I, and I do feel like on the on the unforums there was a big diverse group of people and like in the in the John Dies at the end ARGs it was like a big diverse group of people um and there, there, I don't know it's there was a point in John Dies at the end where um I I said something about a user and I used um, a she pronoun or whatever and they were like I'm a guy actually and I was like oh sorry I just kind of assumed that the people that join our server are women um, <laughs> because there were a lot of women that played that game and I was like this is the only place on the internet I've ever felt that way there was a there was a point in the futuristic violence ARG where I like asked an NPC's pronouns or like I I wanted to like ask for an NPC's pronouns and everyone was like are you are you like out of your mind like what the fuck and I was like we don't know their pronouns <laughs> <laughs> yeah gotta learn um I, but I don't know I feel like it's interesting that a lot of stuff like that has become normalized and like a lot of ARGs have very diverse player bases and yet a lot of them are still run by like cis men and kind of I don't know um but not I know that I've I've kind of let this line of thinking become just like us patting ourselves on the back but like I'm I'm glad to be contributing to making the arg scene a little less uh, heteronormative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think that's the first time I've ever said the phrase I'm bisexual into a microphone. That's weird. Aww. Um. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, also... Oh, also, ARGs are very cis-heavy because gay people can't do math. <laughs> as, as a gay person who can't do math, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> that explains my grades through high school. Um, Sean asks us, uh, my question is, what game series do you think should get an ARG for it? And bonus points if you can come up with a brief pitch for said ARG. Uh, I've said it a million times before. Pokemon, let me introduce a new uh, dark electric type computer virus Pokemon through an ARG. Let me do it. Oh, fuck yeah. Let me design the Pokemon. Uh, Let me go with it. It'll be great. It'll be perfect. It'll all run out without a hitch and nothing bad will ever happen. Reddit will love it. (laughs) You know they love Pokemon. All of the video game boys on Reddit will love Uh it. (laughs) Uh-huh. (laughs) 
definitely nothing can go wrong. Nothing. Uh, I don't. I don't play a lot of video games. I feel like I've said this on the podcast before. Uh, I truly only play like two video games a year. However, um, most of it's just replaying Wonder Song. <laughs> yeah. Um. However. Uh, I am obsessed with the world of, uh, Choice of the Deathless and Deathless the City's Thirst, uh, which are two, uh, choice of text adventure games, uh, and one of them you play a lawyer for a, uh, like a law firm owned by demons, and in another one that I think takes place in the same universe, uh, you play... A former soldier who has murdered, uh, like, the patron god of a town, and you become in charge of the town because you've murdered their patron god. Damn. Uh, and I would fucking love an ARG in that universe. I know it's never gonna happen, but I could dream. That sounds uh, super dope. Fall- <laughs> also a Fallen London ARG. Uh, Fallen London has some ARG components where you can find, like secret stuff to do on the website and like secret pages uh but like a full-on fallen london ARG would be dope as shit hell yeah hell yeah i play fallen london like for three months out of every year but (laughs) it is very much the kind of game where you can like just forget about it for half the year and then come back on and be like, oh yeah, I was like finding some rats in the sewers. I guess I should get back to that. <laughs> cool. That sounds really cool. I, uh, I'm trying to think, um, even outside of games, I, I don't know, make, make more ARGs for everything. Yeah. Make, make ARGs for everything. E3's coming up. Uh, <laughs> I'll launch an ARG. Hit me up. Oh fuck yeah. John Sony. Uh, call me. <laughs> friend of the show uh ben russell is doing a tony hawk ARG. yeah yeah exactly just take take intellectual property that is not your own and make an ARG. yeah yeah uh who needs backing of a company um uh, no one's stopping you no one's st- literally no one is stopping <laughs> you i would love to see like you know how every year people do like a game jam or like a short story jam for like here's all the shit that became public domain this year. Mm-hmm. Do something with it. I would love to see that but for ARGs. Yo. Like here's all of the here's all of like the books and shit that went public domain this year, make an ARG out of one. Yo, of them. that'd be cool. I'm writing that down and I'm stealing that idea. Hell yeah, do I'm it. I'm doing it. Me and all the YouTube boys are gonna throw this together. <laughs> welcome to our game jam we're here to pitch ideas based on the latest and greatest in novels that have become public domain i viscerally hate that rufus writes in with an email and says big budget args have been able to do some really cool things like I Love Bees and the Payphones, Iris and the Public Wall Projection, etc. Is there a time you can think of when an indie ARG's limitations resulted in an especially cool game element? Yeah, I mean, like, all, all of them. <laughs> indie, indie ARG's are doing some of the coolest shit in ARG's. 
uh, it's just that a lot of them are very tiny and only have like 20 players, so nobody really pays attention to them. Yeah, like people lose sight of like, hey, two girls on Tumblr perfected spectrograms. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking okay. I didn't talk about this on the Sexy Girl Mics episode, but making SSTVs is like, I tried to do it once just like out of curiosity because I think like. Danger sent me the instructions to do it because I was like, how do you do this thing? It looks really cool. I fucking could not figure it out. I could not get it to work. It is so hard to make. They are so hard to decode. Two, like, 15-year-olds on Tumblr figured it out and built a whole game. Yeah, they were like, this is our basic mechanic. Yeah, they were like, oh, what? Like, it's hard? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I... There's a lot of really cool stuff happening in the indie scene that I... I don't know. I, I like doing the show because it lets us bring it to light a little more. Um, but yeah, like you were just talking about the, 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 we're just, this is our sky technologies episode. Spoiler alert. Um, you were talking <laughs> about, you know, discord bots and sky technology or discord bots with, um, with Smilebot. It was just, Hey, yeah. we've released a cool thing. Here you go. It's a discord bot. Y'all use discord anyways to do ARGs now. Y'all don't do IRC channels anymore. Fine. Here's a Discord bot. Go nuts with it. Um, a lot of cool stuff's happening. Yeah, I had another example in my head, and then I completely lost it. <laughs> uh, well, oh, um, one of the uh, ones that we're going to talk about fairly soon is uh, an indie ARG that started with uh, some indie... Uh, video game developers brought a mystery video game to PAX and just left it there. They just left, like, a TV running their game at a booth. Nobody standing at the booth. They just left it there. It was, like, a mystery haunted game. Wild. That they just had at PAX. Wild. I want to I, I learn about this. That sounds so cool. I think we're we're probably going to cover that one after BBB, so we'll talk about it. Hell yeah. That. Sounds good to me. Uh, we have another question from them uh, that says, Character interactions are an especially fun element of some ARGs. Do you have any tips for avoiding common pitfalls when you allow players to interact with the character in an ARG? Um, I See, I thought I thought this was going to end differently and say, do you have tips for avoiding common pitfalls when you interact with a character <laughs> in an ARG and not come at it from like a GM perspective? <laughs> but like... Um, um, my... My thing that i would tell a gm and i know that this is um harder to enact than it is to say but um don't let your character just be a plot point and a collection of like what you want them to be as a game element um i know that we played in a we played in an arg a while ago where we met um jim the the robot that was supposed to start off as just like an ai friend and along the way we taught Uh. it um we taught it that air horns were cool and uh that weed was great and that um all star was a great song and so by the end of the arg we'd created this little gremlin of an ai uh i missed you that was that was it was great and it was a it was a you know it served the same purpose in the game as we had wanted it to but along the way the characters got to give it personality and let it shine um don't be afraid to let players turn your characters into um, what they think would be cool to interact with. And don't be afraid to uh, give your character some personality outside of, um, you know, outside of the role in the story. Um, 
when we're when we're going over stories, I think that the blandest uh, the the blandest NPCs we talk about are the ones that only are there to tell you information for the story to progress forward. And the ones that are the coolest are the ones that actually hang out and interact with players and, you know, become something interesting. Don't be afraid to let your character become interesting. Yeah, and I I think kind of going on the same uh, uh kind of on the same subject as we were talking about before, where like you you really want to treat it kind of like you're a GM and you're like interacting with your players. Like, if the players are really interested in like learning about a character, like asking them really specific things or kind of like trying to push them in a direction like conversationally or like change their mind about something just like go with it like Mm -hmm. if they ask you if they ask a character like a a personal question that you're like well i didn't prepare an answer for this just like make it up just act like you're playing a character in like a tabletop game and your players are trying to interact with them and like get to know them yeah my big my big pet peeve in rpgs is when you can tell like when a dm doesn't really have an idea with a character other than just like quest giver um and Mm -hmm. so they shut down questions like i'm a noble i wouldn't answer a question like that from an adventurer and it's like oh okay i'm just trying to interact and play the game and I, I don't know where to move forward with this. Like give character, give yeah. players and characters room to breathe. And like, even if it is in their personality to like shut down certain questions, there's ways to make that interesting. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> Should we here? Uh, let's do one last one. And then we'll jump down to other personal questions. Uh, wing, wingless okay. Shinigami writes in and says, Hello, uh, I just wanted to say thank you. It was your ARG podcast that inspired me to do YouTube videos on games with ARGs, such as Ben and Ed's Strange Mystery that only Spanish YouTube channels covered. Uh, Games that are part of ARGs, such as The Lost Memory Saga, a Ben fan sequel based on uh, what the game used in the third act could have been, uh, and games with ARG elements in them. I also plan on doing old school games. Have you heard of the Ben and Ed mystery before now? And would you consider covering it? It'd be great to have some English speakers finally cover stuff be- uh, besides the initial spook and the coordinates started it all. I have not heard of this, uh, but we'll throw it on the list. Hell yeah. I, it, there are probably a lot of foreign language ARGs that we're not able to cover mm-hmm. because unfortunately we don't speak those languages uh this sounds cool as hell though uh and i will super look into it yeah we'll yeah we'll we'll add it to the list um and see what we can do i uh if there's enough info out there in english that we can cover it i'm happy to um but yeah i this kind of goes with the you know lack of access question that we were asked before like it's just something that we i'd never heard of this before your question came in uh it sounds like it only it, it didn't really get much Spanish or much English speaking coverage. So I'm excited to look Mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. Um, let's go into, uh, some podcast questions. Uh, Millie wrote in, writes in and says, uh, what are your favorite moments to come out of this first year of the podcast? Uh, my favorite moments of every episode are stuff when I, find or well usually when i find something just like absolutely bonkers about an arg and i sit on it until the day of recording (laughs) marn hits me with some weird shit in the middle of episodes sometimes and i love it 
Um, mm-hmm. I can al- Roger murder was definitely one. I can I can always tell. There's a tone your voice gets, and you're just like, uh-huh. I'm about to drop a fucking bomb, uh, and it's great. Um, I think my favorite moments. I thought it was really fun riffing on Master Chief and finding the Master Cheeks image to go along. And I was like, this is a perfect <laughs> image for this episode. Um, I I really enjoyed uh, getting Master Chief to come onto our podcast. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I I think my favorite moments are just yeah when you hit me with a bomb or when we go off on something. Um, go off sounds like we're ripping things to shreds or being really negative. <laughs> but when we I don't know when we find something and just start riffing on it. I like that. Turns out I like it when I we're funny. That- I know that it was like adjacent to psychological torture, but I did enjoy uh, getting to hear you experience uh, Everman Hybrid for the first time. <laughs> um, actually, I will say um, favorite moment to come out of the first year of the podcast. Um, this one is it's kind of a small moment. Uh, but I think that my favorite moment was when I was in the middle of editing something and Audacity was acting, uh, it was really acting up um, and taking a long time to do it. And I realized that I was filling up a lot of space in the, um, I was filling up a lot of space on my hard drive and I thought, oh, okay, I should get an external hard drive. Um, I can take money out of the Patreon to do that. And oh yeah, it, yeah. it kind of hit me that A, we had created enough that I needed an external hard drive um, that like, I have a nice gaming computer and I had filled it with MP3s, um, between, um, us recording in audacity files, but between us recording for this and other shows that, you know, I've been on and helped edit and stuff like that. Um, between that, uh, and realizing that I had too many files that I had created, um, that were on my computer that I needed something external to put them on. And the follow-up thought of um, we've reached a level of support from other people that I can just do that without having to think about it. Um, It was really cool. It was a moment that I felt really grateful to everyone that listens and everyone that is, um, you know, we make a show, but uh, the fact that people, I don't know, we make a file, uh, but it's the people that listen that make it a show and the people that talk with us about it that make it better. And I've really enjoyed the sense of community that came out of making this show and being on the network and meeting all the great people. And this has been a blast this whole time. And that was kind of the moment that solidified where I had, how, how we'd come since then. It was really cool. Also extra life. Extra life was cool. As hell. Yeah. I was going to get into extra life uh, with the next question, which was fa- oh, okay. favorite thing you guys accomplished since beginning Argonauts uh, arc related or not. Um, my answer is definitely extra life. Um, and that was just wild uh, doing it and raising that much money for charity and getting together and doing a 24 hour stream with people was dope. Yeah. I don't know if we said this at all during actually, but that was the first time that Andrew and I met in person. Yeah. It was an extra life. Yeah. Uh, fun trivia fact about the, the podcast. Um, I had never spoken to Marn outside of like, six people group chats um mm-hmm. before we recorded our first episode um i don't know that i told you this marn um my mom keeps asking me like so if you, my mom when i first did the podcast she's like so how do you know marn and i was like oh yeah we met doing these games and she's like okay and so do you guys like record together 
like does she go over to your place do you record over there and i was like oh no we we do it on the internet we've never we've never met <laughs> she was like you've never met and i was like no we it was before extra life obviously but and i was like no and we you know we haven't recorded together that actually sounds really weird um i don't know that i want to <laughs> record a podcast in person with someone um and then my mom asked the same thing with wheels she was like how do you know them and i was like through podcasting and they're like so did that and i was like no we all recorded separately like i don't know <laughs> not to put my mom on blast but it was i don't know it's a it's a fun fact to break out at parties yeah um yeah extra life was dope um other than that, my favorite thing I accomplished since beginning Argonauts is Argonauts. Um, uh, yeah. I, Alyssa and I wrote a, a 150,000 word book. Yeah, y'all are crushing it. <laughs> but we, I, we started that slightly before Argonauts started. I think it counts. So it probably counts. <laughs> you wrote most of it after Argonauts started. Yeah. <laughs> Chapters two through whatever of your book. Chapter three literally took almost an entire year to write. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Alyssa and I have varying opinions on if chapter three needs to be as long as it is. <laughs> I won't start the discourse. Uh, let's jump back to podcast or to arg questions. Uh, Danny wants to know what are your Terry Nanny head cannons? Oh, man. Every time people ask us stuff about This Is My Milwaukee, I'm, like, sad that more media set in the universe of This Is My Milwaukee doesn't exist. Yeah, amen, right? Um, My headcanon is that um the kid that's going to the dunes is his son, um, who he's very proud of and uh, loves <gasps> a lot. Oh, that's really good! Um... I love that. <laughs> That's my Terry Nenny head, Kenan. That's a really good one. Um, has there ever been, this is from uh, Alice Lily Kira. Uh, has there ever been an ad campaign or something that you thought was an ARG but ended up not being one? Oh, fucking all Yeah, the time. constantly. Near every, since we started the podcast, every other day, it's someone saying, is this podcast, is this commercial a, uh, is this an ARG? What was the 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 Harry yeah. Styles thing? Oh, uh, a road. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, that one really lit some fires. Yeah, um, I have. So I I ran on my on my main Twitter. I I run like a a block list of like three hundred corporations or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, so Twitter has stopped being able to give me a lot of corporate ads. That's the dream. So now that is seriously find like a block list of like a bunch of corporations and run it it rules yeah. uh but now uh twitter can't give me like explicitly targeted ads so i just get like the weird shit <laughs> <laughs> uh and there are some that i look at and i'm like is this eh, probably not <laughs> Um, but for for a while, I was getting all ads from the Cracker Barrel Cheese account, which is just an account that tweets what? about the cheese that you can buy at Cracker Barrel. Marn, we need to scrap all of our plans for our ARG. <laughs> this is now the Cracker Barrel Cheese ARG. 
I think I blocked them on my main. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like a it's an offshoot Twitter of the actual Cracker Barrel Twitter that just tweets about Cracker Barrel's cheese. And Twitter was exclusively giving me ads for that. Wild. Um, but yeah, I think like I think that the the Eroda one is the one that like or Adora Eroda whatever it is. That's the one that like most immediately comes to mind, but there are so many times that something pops up and it's like, this could be an arc. I've become, I've weirdly enough since starting this podcast, I've become like less sensitive to things being an ARG in advertising because like a weird ad will pop up and my brain just goes, that's a weird ad. If it, if it is an ARG, someone will tell me. And then I just never follow up. So they could be for all i know cracker barrel cheese could be an ARG. i'd never know <laughs> uh i mean the good part about having a podcast dedicated to ARGs, as i feel like we said before is that people just bring us the ARGs. Now. you remember when uh fortnite did the thing marn and twitter I, became I unusable <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very funny because now because like i used to troll around like the unforums and like the arg subreddits like looking for args to play and now it's like i just lie in my bed people (laughs) People bring a silver platter and they reveal is this one pleasing to you and we sniff it and go no send it away (laughs) come back when you've found your rot cipher then we shall talk We sit on our thrones and the peasants bring us the air. You call this a meal? This is merely a tweet. It doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) Find me a URL, then we'll talk about what can come. (laughs) (laughs) The hexadecimal throne. Uh, Cat writes in and says... Can you think of any completed and fully playable ARGs that could reasonably be run single player? I can't, and I think that's part of the appeal of ARGs to me. Yeah, I... There's not a lot of ARGs that you could play just, like, doing a single player run. Yeah, I... Unless you're, like, incredibly smart. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I can I can't think of any. Um I know that we 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 rate things on replayability, but I don't know I don't know, nothing's getting a ten. Like nothing <laughs> nothing is still alive and able to do and easy to do alone. Um Yeah. No, um I was about to say unfortunately no, but I don't even know that I think it's unfortunate. Um I think that's one of the cool things about the medium is that it forces you to meet other people. It's like, uh, it's like I don't know. At some point, every ARG gets like becomes the MMO that has a dungeon where it's like, okay, now I need to meet other people so that we can actually clear this thing. Um, and yeah. I think that's what makes them cool. Yeah, you gotta you gotta build a party. Yeah, exactly. You gotta get one person who's a good hacker, one person who's a good codesmith one person who sits in the background watches and makes jokes that's me um and then one person that wants to <laughs> chat with uh robots that's martin um and then we got an arg baby that's args 
Oh my god, I forgot the State of the Union was on tonight. This is the State of the Union. This is all that matters. Uh, Grant from Digital Roadmap says, After a year of breaking down games, how has your view on them changed for either the better or worse? I think this has made me appreciate ARGs more. I I went into this really liking ARGs, uh, but I, I feel like this has made me appreciate, like uh the nuances and all of the work that goes into them yeah i there have been a lot of people that have reached out and said thank you for doing this show i've always been interested in args and your show makes them accessible and i gotta say i agree as the person to whom args were always cool but in the distance and not accessible and now has a friend that tells me all about them um it made them accessible to me um now I feel like I can actually talk about ARGs. Um, and I I feel like I had, like I, um, I feel like I always had like, not imposter syndrome, but like novice syndrome. Where if I, when, if I went into ARGs, I used to think, well, I've never really played an ARG before, so I don't really know what I'm saying here. I'm just going to sit in the back and not offer suggestions because I don't really know if it would help. Now I feel like that is gone. And I, like, the like inaccessible sheen on them is gone where I'm just like, I don't know. Let me crack some fingers. This looks like it could be T9. Who could, who knows? Who could say, is this some kind of rot cipher? I know what that is now. I know it at a glance. I can tell you if it's rot 13, I can read it now. Um, but I, I feel like, um, I appreciate them more as, you know, they've been taken off a pedestal for me and I can appreciate them as games more than just as a neat event that someone else gets to experience. Yeah. I I feel like it's, I feel like this podcast has made both of us dangerously confident. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm willing to jump up. I'm willing to like throw myself in front of the ball. <laughs> like you're supposed to swing it up with a stick. And I'm like, no, 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 I got this. Um, <laughs> and then you and then you actually get into the ARG and you spend like a week staring at a puzzle like I don't know what yep. this is. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> um, it it being part of the show definitely reawakened a. I guess not not even really reawakened it. Before I liked ARGs as a way to hang out with other people that liked similar things that I did. Um, now I like ARGs as games. Um, and as a game and a medium to think about and that I can, you know, work with and chew on and, I don't know, critique and compliment. I, I, I really like ARGs a lot more now than I used to. Yeah, I I feel like I have learned to appreciate them from a new angle mm-hmm. than rather than just playing them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a couple other questions in here. Uh, one of them, Jenny, wanted to call me out. Uh, Andrew, how many playthroughs of Fire Emblem Three Houses did you do? And which house is your favorite? Um, so I did four. I've sunk over 200-something hours into that game. Um, I feel like my favorite house is probably a controversial pick. I like uh, the Blue Lions. Um, and the thing that I like about them is that I feel like they're character arcs are all intertwined with each other and i like how they grow as a house even if i don't necessarily like how 
the game progresses uh, from the Blue Lion standpoint into the late game. I feel like the ending is lackluster, and I feel like the main thrust of the post time skip plot uh, isn't very well served by the mechanics in the game. Um, I feel like they could have reworked that last the the last half of the game for the Blue Lions to make it better. Um, that being said, I love all the characters. Dudu is my favorite Fire Emblem character in a long time, and um, I really liked his story and just how the game as a whole was structured around all of the characters uniting after a single um, traumatic event that they all kind of faced together. I really liked that element um, compared to the other houses that were kind of like, we're a random selection of you know, eight kids and you'd have like these three are united and these two are, you know, have our friends. But like, I liked the cohesion that the blue lions had as characters that, and the way that the characters fit together in the first half of the the plot as well. Um, yeah, that's my non-spoiler review of three houses. Cause I know that there are some people still playing, uh, including my brother who I don't want to ruin things for. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. I put 200 hours into that game. I'm probably going to put in a lot more when the new DLC comes out and it was a good game. Uh probably one of the one of my top games of last year. Marn, nice. Marn, did you like Fire Emblem? I haven't played it and most of that went completely over my head. Yep, that's what I figured. I apologize for stealing that time. No, uh, you're good. <laughs> Colton has a very important question for us. What color was the dress? Was it white and gold or blue and black? So the actual dress from the meme was blue and black, but what color do you, do you see it as? Yeah, that's the question, Martin. I don't care what color reality says the dress is. Uh, I can I can actually so with most optic op, with most optical illusions like this, I could force myself to see it either way. Uh huh. So it depends. <laughs> okay, and you can do that with this one. Yeah. See, I can't. I um. I when I first saw it, I saw it as blue and black, and then like I was like, "This is blue and black. This is always blue and black," and then I looked at it once and thought, "Oh shit, it's white and gold," and then I've never seen it again. Um, I don't know what it was with that one time I looked at it and thought, "Oh shit," um, but ever since then I've only seen blue and black, and I can't see white and gold again. I I just I can't see it, um, but it was there for one moment. I know that much. <laughs> But you can for just me, do that at will? Yeah, for most optical illusions. Uh, for me, if I look more at like the top corner of the image, it looks white and gold. But if I look towards the bottom, it looks blue and black. I'm going to try that. Can I just Google the dress? Uh, Yeah, there's a Wikipedia page for it that's just called the dress. It has a Wikipedia page? Here, I got you. All right, looking at this image. Yeah, I can't see it as anything but uh, blue and black. Yeah, I can't. I can't see. I never see it any anything else. It's wild to me that you can do that at will. It it definitely predominantly looks blue and black to me. Like it only looks white and gold to me if I look at like the top like left corner. Okay. Okay. Huh. So yeah, blue and black here, but Marn can trick herself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Riley has a couple more questions because they like asking us things. Um, if you were to do an X ways to cook a Y, if, if, okay, 
for those of you that don't know these video series, um, Bon Appetit is our favorite YouTube channel. And <laughs> one of the people there is like foodie Griffin McElroy and puts out a series that are called X ways, like X ways to cook a thing. Um, he did like 28 ways to cook an egg, um, you know, 14 ways to cook a full chicken, um, 30 ways to cook a steak. Um, they are part of the videos are like neat and interesting and informative just like hey what happens if you cook a bacon like if you want to cook bacon here's what happens if you do it from like starting with a cold pan here's what happens if you throw it into a hot pan here's what happens if you bake it like it's a neat way to look at like different ways to prepare food and know what you're doing ahead of time if you want to think of a way to prepare it half the time though it's kind of like a shit post where it's like i'm gonna cook this using a laser pointer like a very <laughs> powerful laser pointer um you know, what if I cook an egg using a personal sauna? Uh, what if, you know, you can poach an egg, you can steam an egg. What if I use this? Uh, can you cook an egg in a, uh, a hot tub? Uh, things like that. Um, these videos exist. They're great. I love them a lot. Uh, if we were to do an X ways to cook a Y, uh, what could I cook? What, what, what would you cook in a million different ways? And what would be your favorite and least favorite way of cooking them? This is a huh. very abstract question. Yeah. I feel like I could do ways to cook a chicken breast just because that's like the go-to cut of meat to use in the Cook Sherman household. Um, Speaking of ways to cook a chicken breast, I noticed that you left out Riley's other question, which, would, which was, what is your favorite don't appetite? I... Which was a blatant ploy to not get me to talk to no, get me to no, no, not no. talk about sleepy time chicken on our <laughs> podcast. Uh that was that was an that was an accident. I did think of it. I was gonna ask when we we're done with this one. You honestly I don't know how to answer this question. Um Marn, what is sleepy time chicken? <laughs> sleepy time chicken is one of my favorite 4chan threads. <laughs> we're that I've introduced to Andrew and Riley where every time uh, we have a group chat called Don't Appetite where we share very bad food videos with each other. Uh-huh. Uh, where every time I share a food image now, they're, they're afraid that it's Sleepy Time Chicken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is Sleepy Time Chicken, though, Marn? For those... Sleepy Time for those, well, Hey, uh, thanks for listening. Everyone should turn off the podcast now. <laughs> That's Args, baby. Sleepy Time Chicken is a 4chan thread where an Anon uh, cooks a bunch of chicken breasts in NyQuil. What color is it, Marn? <laughs> it's blue. He also puts some whiskey in it uh, and then uses some red NyQuil as topping. <laughs> it is the grossest then- picture I've ever seen. It will not be he... the alternate image for this episode. You're welcome. And then um, I know there was a picture of it going around on Twitter recently, but that leaves out the part where he uh, he puts the NyQuil cooked chicken with additional NyQuil and more whiskey into a food processor and then uh, food processes it <laughs> and then puts it in his French press. <laughs> I didn't know that part. <laughs> um, 
And I first found this on my favorite Tumblr, which is people getting really mad at food at Tumblr.com, which is just a collection of (laughs) Tumblr posts and 4chan threads of uh, people doing really, really terrible things to food and people getting really angry about it. (laughs) I think um, the one you sent me a tweet the other day that was someone complaining that they ordered a pizza that had cherry tomatoes on it and the person put maraschino cherries on it instead Uh, that's one of the grossest things i've heard of in a long time i do think that my favorite uh don't appetite as we've started calling them my favorite food crime was that um that tasty video that went around a little while ago where a person made like they basically made a barbecue chicken quesadilla and then just (gasps) as you thought you know what i'm talking about yeah it was like a super thick quesadilla and just as you thought that the thing was done they were like great now we're gonna freeze it and i said why are they freezing it and then after it was frozen they took it out they dunked it in uh egg wash and then breadcrumbs and then they deep fried the whole thing and i thought oh they're making like a mozzarella stick quesadilla that sounds grossly unhealthy but sure i could fuck with that i could eat that and then they deep fried each individual slice. They put it back into like a circle, like a quesadilla. And then they took the whole thing and added a uh, tomato sauce on top and then added uh, mozzarella cheese uh, and then baked it to turn it into a case, a barbecue chicken quesadilla, uh, deep fried pizza crust. And then ate it that way. I... Yeah, I don't know if you watch a lot of Tasty, but their videos these days are, uh, pretty bad. It's just, just a bunch of shit posts, or is it just, just like... Yeah, I, I think they've just run out of recipes. <laughs> I, I know I posted one on Twitter the other day that was like, they made like a lasagna dome, which was just like a lasagna in the shape of a dome. Are we sure this isn't the tasty ARG, Marn? Okay, listen. Alyssa and I have talked about this. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have we have a five-year plan that we're going to make a, uh, a a tasty spin-off channel called Lasagna 2, which is our cooking <laughs> channel where we fix lasagna. <laughs> we're... <laughs> Where all of our videos are about fixing the concept of lasagna oh and making good lasagna. God. And then five years down the line, it becomes an ARG <laughs> after God. being a cooking channel. <laughs> it's the same thing as a... There's, I, I think I talked about this in the Argonauts uh, Discord recently. There's like a guy who's had a DIY channel on YouTube for like five years or whatever. And he just like recently started sneaking like weird shit into his videos and like making it into kind of like a a horror web series but he's like still like fixing cars and shit on his channel too now marn where did you hear about this wonderful video series (laughs) from and would i consider it a good arg or one not worth my time (laughs) hell yeah we'll check it out um that's gonna do it for questions you want to get into the game (laughs) (laughs) yeah our game this week is lasagna 2 the youtube channel (laughs) (laughs) i i love um 
I don't know if you know this about me, the person that made Chess 2. I love bad sequels. I love sequels to things that don't need sequels. So the idea of lasagna 2 is... Mwah, chef's kiss. Delicious to me. <laughs> I love... You said lasagna 2, and I was 100% on board. Alyssa is obsessed with the idea of fixing the way that Americans make lasagna, and I'm, like, completely on board with her. <laughs> All right. But then... But then uh, Bon Appetit just, like, recently put out a video where Chris makes lasagna and, like, completely changes everything about, like, how Americans make lasagna. And she was like, God damn it, Chris Morocco scooped me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, tweet your hate mail to at Chris Morocco. Actually, I don't even know if he has a Twitter. Don't don't do that. Chris is wonderful. Um, Do we want to get into... What I thought was going to be the meat of the episode until we got like half of those questions to. De- oh, actually, uh, before we get into that, I do need to check the Twitter real quick because someone did message us a question while we were recording and I'd feel really bad if we didn't do it. Uh, Kat sent in a que- two questions. Uh, one is, are there any, any are, there, <clears throat> are there any games you'd recommend to get others interested in ARGs? The Gateway ARGs. Um, and which ARG has the best story puzzle blend you can think of? Um, I would say good gateway args are the ones that are like extremely well and extensively documented. Uh, Frog Fractions 2 is a good gateway arg. Um, the Adult Swim arg is also a good gateway arg because it's still running, uh, but it's currently on hiatus and it is um so well documented that it's very very easy to catch up yeah um i i feel like oh i don't kind of like what we were talking about earlier part of the problem with args and documenting them is that it's hard to like get into them if you miss the moment um so it's kind of like what's going on right now that you can get into um the one that martin just mentioned the youtube channel that one could be a good one to get into and jump on board with um Otherwise, I I don't know, not to toot our own horn too much, even though this is like our one year anniversary special. But like part of the reason that I like our show and that I enjoy doing our show is that we take something that I used to think was, um, I don't know, dull and dry and boring and we turn it into a story uh, or we turn it back into a story. It's not the same story that it was because it's not a game, but it's um, it retains some of that story element to it. Um, so I really like, that's why I like our show. That's why I listen to it, even though I'm on it. Um, that's why, you know, I, I would recommend going back and listening to some episodes of ours. Um, if you're interested in the idea of an ARG and where things can go weird and go wrong sometimes, um, Spectacular Organic, I think is a good game to listen to and learn about. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on that blends the real life and the, person running it getting involved in the game but not getting involved in the game and doing that kind of stuff i feel like that's a good gateway arg to get into um otherwise i think that stuff like i don't know stuff like i love bees um really show like what the cool things that the format can do where it's calling people in the real world and having them activate things and getting all this multimedia experience into one element um, I think that those are kind of good gateway games. I think that Spectacular Organic and um, some of the bigger ones like Ben Drowned or um, Ben Drowned or Art of the Heist or 
uh, Everyman, or not Everyman Hybrid, uh, where'd it go? I Love Bees are good uh, gateway things to get you interested into the the format of the game as it is. I think those are good gateways, even if it's not, I don't know, it's not actually playing a game. Probably the best way to get into it is to just find one and dive in. Uh, but I know that's easier said than done. Yeah. Find one that's well-documented and dive in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then one last question. Uh, what would you prefer... Uh, this is also from Kat. Uh, what would you personally prefer ARGs to do more of and to stay away from? Anything you'd, particu- anything you'd be particularly interested in seeing that you haven't come across yet? <laughs> I feel like we've we've touched on this a lot in this episode, but like, please more args that aren't horror. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, um, we've talked in the past about like, I get why there are so many horror ARGs. Like, the medium kind of lends itself well because of how odd and off kilter and kind of spooky the genre as a whole is. But I would love to see people do more stuff that isn't trying to scare people. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I kind of gravitate more towards like the, the sillier args, um, and like the ones that have a lot going for them that aren't like, ah, there's a fucked up guy in my house and he's looking at me. Yeah, um, yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Do a, do a romance arg. Yeah. I don't know how to do it, but if you do, do it. If you want to do it, reach out. I'll help you do it. I don't have anything going on. Hit me. Yeah. I want to play that game. I want to... I want more... I love the idea of a comedy arg and doing funny stuff. Um, I like the games where we tell each other what happens in them and it... Well, I like the games where Marn tells me something that happened and I go, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. I like. I like people making... I'd rather a game make a big swing than stay with what is known. Um, yeah, you can do a cult. Yeah, you can do a, a spooky curse or something like that. Take a swing. Try something. That's what I want yeah. more eggs to do. Do something wild. And it and I will say, uh, you know, my vantage point's a little different because I've absorbed a bunch of these guys over the course of a year so it's you know i'm i'm a little skewed in that i'm i'm learning about args on a bi-weekly basis but um i don't know surprise me take some swings do something cool yeah uh with that being said speaking of args from the past year we need to revisit some and rate them for fun um You're right. I forgot we were going to do that. Yeah, I didn't expect questions to take as long as they did. So we're going to do this as like a lightning round before we get into recommendations. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Uh, This is my Milwaukee. Ten. Ten. Yeah, absolute ten. Great video. Great stuff. Cool, weird shit happening. I love it. Yeah, a fake Milwaukee that grew up in the ashes of old Milwaukee after the God Seed Fragment exploded. Hit me. Fill me with that good shit. Frog Fractions 2. 10. 10. Yeah. Frog Fractions 2 is great. I love the idea of... Lo- oh, um, I had a, a weird thing. A uh, random coworker of mine was in a Discord chat with uh, one of the people behind Frog Fractions 2 the other day uh, while they were playing Destiny. Um, and they brought up the button. 
and chatted oh about God. it for a while um, about like all the different ideas they were going to do with the button um, before they eventually decided like, I bet if someone hits the button, they'll tweet about it. That's so funny. That's They were like trying to figure out different ways. They were like, we could put in a SIM card to run a file that when it gets hit, it sends a signal. But to do that, we needed to have a battery and the battery life can only last this long. So we'd need to like do this. And they eventually were just like... <laughs> Eventually, they were just like, I bet they'll tweet. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I had a similar thing where a uh, friend of the show, Nessa, and friend of the show and uh, transcriber, Nessa, mm-hmm. uh, called me from her office holiday party to be like, hey, I was talking to one of my bosses and like they're friends with the This Is My Milwaukee guys. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she like called me from the subway like on the way home from her work holiday party. <laughs> That's uh Sindine, is that right? Uh-huh. Back below them. Cool. I wouldn't know that if we hadn't just covered Bear Stearns. Yeah. Uh that's awesome. Uh yeah, ten. Uh Spectacular Organic Corporation. Eight. <laughs> See, I'm a little higher on it. I I want to give it a full nine, not a full okay, a full yeah. nine. I I want to give it a nine. I really like um, I like Spectacular Organic because of the approach that it takes of like, what's the logical conclusion of like, the fact that food gets quote unquote better for you every two years. Like they're like mm-hmm. ah now it's organic ah now it's non GMO ah now it's gluten-free like what's the what's the natural conclusion of that is like this one will turn you into a god we made the perfect juice i love it i love it easy easy peasy perfect yeah i i i think also uh the whole angle of the uh the gm getting outed and having to work that into the story yeah (laughs) brings it pretty far up the (laughs) chart for me i'm sure that wasn't fun for them but it's very fun in hindsight uh sexy girl max 10 yeah sexy girl max is great um yeah very fun concept of angels trying to get back like guardian angels trying to get back i loved it uh i know i said lightning round i and now i'm just like rambling on about each one um uh-huh. <laughs> ben drowned uh, like a five yeah five or six yeah yeah, not big into it. Uh, Adult Swim, part one. Uh, part? Are we doing it by parts? Might as well. Part one. Uh, I don't know if I remember the individual parts enough. Part to one grade is them. Delilah. Oh, part one is Delilah. Uh, like an eight. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, part two. Like a seven. <laughs> part three. Back to an eight. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where I am. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gravity Falls. Ten. Really? Yeah. I think like a six. I think, okay, I I think that my rating is skewed because I actually played it and had a lot of fun. Okay, I can see that. I think my rating is skewed because I didn't really like Gravity Falls. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Art of the Heist. I know where you're going. Oh, absolutely a 10. Yeah, absolutely a 10. Roger, meet. We got everyone. Gang's all here. (laughs) 
there's something in the sea. Uh, like a four? I'd go with like a three. I don't know, a browser-based yeah. game telling me Bioshock lore one day at a time over the span of like four months. I'm out. Uh, Binding of Isaac Afterbirth. I forgot about oh, this one. That was a really short one. Maybe like a six? Yeah, I'm going with like a four. I don't even, I don't remember that one. Which That was like... It was like a really, really short one yeah. uh, that we covered with Riley. Yep. It was basically the uh, the players like data mined a bunch of stuff out of the game, and the devs were like, "Well, to make sure that you can't do that, we're gonna make you do a whole like ARG before you unlock the next thing." Yeah, I don't remember the puzzles being very good though. Yeah, I'm giving it like a four, four to six something um, there. Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll probably give it like a hard five. Sounds good. Uh, Tarragon also like a five yeah i can't yeah puzzle gauntlets aren't for me uh oxen free oh i don't remember a lot of the oxen free arg that was another short one wasn't it It was really short but they did some cool stuff with it yeah i think like a like a six or a seven yeah i i liked oxen free i think i think seven or eight yeah uh everyman hybrid nine <laughs> three <laughs> uh no comments uh no stone unturned what was the next one no stone unturned the D D ARG. oh uh like a seven okay uh recording the no stone unturned minisode like a <laughs> i would i okay real talk i would love to go back and do like a a version of that episode that is actually like two hours long it doesn't sound like someone is holding it <laughs> slightly off yeah screen. should we should we let people behind the curtain a little bit on that one yeah sure i i feel like i we talked about it in uh in the argonauts chat when it came out but i don't know that everyone knows what the deal was so we did that one for um international podcast month and we um we had like recorded the first two episodes or something like that which are each like actually i have them right here this is my milwaukee was a two hour and 20 minute episode frog fractions 2 was 220 uh for the first episode of that and we were like hey there's this international podcast month thing Let's sign up for it. And then we did. And then we learned that episodes had to be under 50 minutes long. And mm-hmm. we were like, we'll get it down before then. And we'll pick a short game. It'll be fine. Uh, listeners, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, I don't think we've had a single episode that was like under two hours. Maybe I could see... Maybe Gravity think, Falls, maybe... I think Binding of Isaac was under two yeah, hours. Yeah, I could see... Binding of Isaac was 149 for a very specific reason. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, Gravity Falls was 153. Um, what was the other short one? Oxenfree. Oxenfree was 124, and I will say we spent a good chunk of that talking about reality TV. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um. We were like, I'm sure we'll get it down to a science by the time that we need to record this. Because it was like March when we decided we had to sign up for it. But we had to have the episode up by like 
August or something like that. Uh, and we did not learn how to do a thing within 50 minutes. And so we sat down to record it and blazed through it. Uh, and it does sound like we have a gun to our head to explain this uh, this ARG. Um, we we also weren't technically allowed to curse. Yes, we were not allowed to curse. Uh, we were not. So it, yeah, they had so some strict it extra guidelines. Like... Yeah, it was not our best episode. Uh, maybe we could go back and revisit it. Maybe we just uh, let that one stay in the ground. Um, <laughs> I don't have to get reminded of Pro Jared again. Um, mm-hmm. the terrible things I've seen. Uh, what'd you think of I Love Bees, Barn? Uh, probably like an eight. Yeah, I'd give it, I'd give it high marks. Uh, probably a seven or eight. Yeah. Um, I liked that one. What about Bear Stearns Bravo? Definitely a ten. Yeah, I think Bear Stearns is a ten. And I really enjoyed learning the background behind it, too. Almost more than I enjoyed the game itself. Uh, the pronunciation book stuff's really cool. I want to dig into that more. Um, yeah. Iris. <sighs> Ten. This is an 11, right? Like this? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is like off the charts. <laughs> this is the one where we, we were like, hold on. We had to be mean <laughs> to this game, but we need to talk about how much we love it. Like Iris is like the cat's movie of ARG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey uh, ARG makers, make more make more irises than I love bees. That's that's who I am. Yeah. I love bees make, is more Make more frog fractions too. Yeah. Yeah. Make more Probably don't make more Bear Stearns Bravos. People will get really mad if you do. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, make more make more Sexy Girl Maxes. Make more Spectacular Organics. Make more This Is My Milwaukee's. Yeah. For all that we talk about not liking horror ARGs, we don't cover a lot of horror ARGs. And I feel like it's because we both don't like them very much. Yeah, it's probably my fault more than anything. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well that man you know i will say what i thought was going to take up the bulk of the episode took us like 17 minutes and what i Uh thought was going to take up a chunk of the episode was the bulk of it so uh do you want to get into recommendations yeah hell yeah uh what's your recommendation this week martin uh my recommendation for this week is i have to look up who directed this movie um that I recently went to see Color Out of Space uh, with Alyssa, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and if you are not... Oh, Richard Stanley is the director. Um, and if you are not super sensitive to like body horror or gore or anything like that, uh, you should go see it. Uh, if you are sensitive to stuff like that uh you should probably look up content warnings before you go and see this movie uh because it does have a lot of body horror it's based on a uh, hp lovecraft story um but i thought that it was adapted in a really cool and inventive way um and i really really liked it uh it's fairly low budget so it's mostly like practical effects and a lot of stuff happening off screen 
Uh, but I think that they really utilize it in a very cool way. And uh, Nicolas Cage is in it, and he's actually very good at it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm looking Hell up yeah. posters. This poster is great. Oh my god, it's so it's so cool. It's so dope. Uh the the um the editing and the cinematography is really good. The colors uh the the score is an original score done by the same guy who did the score for Hereditary. Uh it fucking slaps. <laughs> I really like Nick Cage's recent jump into doing like what if I just did wild zany out there horror movies? Like yeah. uh, Color Out of Space, and he did, um, uh, what was the one, um, Mandy? Mandy, A couple yeah. years ago. I still have to watch that. Yeah, like, he's just but like, what if I just do I a know. bunch of, like, campy horror movies? It's a good jump for him. Yeah, um, he also did Mom and Dad, which is, uh, parents go crazy and start trying to kill their kids, and it's been on my, like to watch list on hulu for like a year and i've just been like afraid <laughs> to click on it i know because <laughs> um the fear baiting uh which is another podcast i really like yeah. uh which is queer people discussing horror movies did a really good episode on it and i've been to watch it for so long <laughs> <laughs> i have a uh do you get in do you get caught in the trap where you'll like a podcast will be like, hey, we're going to talk about this movie. And I'll be like, great. It's going to sit in my feed until I actually get around to watching yeah. it. And then it just rots mm-hmm. there for two years. I've got one yes. for uh, Knives Out and for uh, Princess Mononoke in there where I'm like, one of these days I'm going to get around to watching it before I listen to this. And then I haven't been able to yet. Wait, I'm sorry. You haven't seen Princess Mononoke? Not recently enough that I want to listen to a thing about it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, it's one of those things technically yes uh but i was a kid at the time and i don't really remember it um that's how i am about a lot of miyazaki stuff it's been a while since i've like i have seen them but i haven't revisited them as an adult who appreciates movies so i want to do that also i haven't seen them outside of like on cartoon network with advertisements every 10 minutes yeah so i want to like sit down and give them what they deserve you know yeah um but yeah that uh that is my recommendation, uh, go watch Color Out of Space. It fucking rules. Uh, your local mainstream theater is probably not playing it. I had to go see it at our, at one of our, uh, at one of Baltimore's, like, artsy theaters that, like, plays indie movies. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that it was really good. It was a very good, uh, kind of Lovecraft adaptation without, um... I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to spoil anything. But if you've read the original story, it takes a lot of elements from that story and does something really completely new and original with them. And I really liked it. Cool. Sounds good to me. And yeah. Um. And I also have a plug, which is that uh, I just released a new game last week on my itch. Hell yeah! Tell me about it. Uh, it is called You Can Check Out Anytime You Like, But You Can Never Leave. Uh, it is a hack of Mobile Frame Zero Firebrands, uh, which is kind of a storytelling game where you make up mech pilots and you create messy relationships in between them. Uh, but mine is a horror surrealist hack uh, set in the Hotel California, um, which is a hotel that exists outside of time and space. Uh, I wrote it for uh, Riley's record collection jam, uh, which I talked about on our last episode. Mm-hmm. 
and it is the longest game that I've written so far. Uh, it has nine different mini games uh, for character interaction. Uh, and I'm very proud of it, and you should check it out. <laughs> yeah, I own the game and have read it, and I uh, wanted to jump into a playing of the game, but I don't have time in my life right now, unfortunately. It's one of the coolest games I've ever read. Um, I love the stuff that you set up with it, and I really like the idea of playing as a bunch of visitors to this surrealist hotel that will never let you leave unless you force your way out. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really like the game as you've set it up. I think it's really cool. Uh, and people should go out and get it. Sincerely. Yeah. As, uh, as more than just your co-host. <laughs> it's a dope game. People should get it. When I was writing it, I was like, this the target audience for this game is either going to be like a whole bunch of people or it's going to be only me and I'm writing this game for only myself to play. So, so I'm glad that other people actually enjoy it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's a great game. So those are my two horror recommendations for the week after talking a whole big game about how I don't like horror. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to get into a horror thriller thing, too. Um, oh, hell yeah. So my recommendation for this week, it's one that I've wanted to recommend for a while, uh, but there's hasn't been a way to get a hold of it except for um, like pirating it. And I don't like to... I don't like to advocate for pirating stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Until two days ago, when out of nowhere, uh, Funimation was like, we got you, Andrew. Um, Paranoia Agent is finding an official US release again uh, on the Funimation app. Um, Paranoia Agent is a an anime series that Satoshi Kon uh, worked on um, that is about this town. Um, basically... It starts off with this animator who is having, like, she's um, a character designer who, um, basically she had a big hit with this character, and she's trying to come up with a new hit to replace it. She basically made Hello Kitty, um, and now she needs to find, like, Hello Kitty 2. Um, and she's having a lot of trouble with it, and, like, deadlines are catching up with her and stuff. Everything's coming together. And, like, right at her worst moment... She gets attacked by a kid on rollerblades with a baseball bat, who the media dubs Little Slugger. Um, and the series is about, like, the investigation into the case of her getting attacked. And as more people in the town start getting attacked and seeing this kid while they're at their own lowest points, um, even though, like, no one witnesses these attacks happening, but everyone reports the same thing. Little Slugger attacked me. Um it's a wild thriller series that's very cool. I haven't seen it in a couple years, so I, I I don't know what like content warnings to give you, but like be warned that it's about people like at uh tough parts of their life and getting assaulted. Um it's not like it, not like gruesome, I don't think. I've rewatched a couple episodes now. Um, I haven't gone super deep into it again, um, but I'm probably gonna finish that this week. Um, it's a really good show that I used to I I used to think was super weird when I would sneak down and watch it on Adult Swim as a kid, and I'm excited to have it um, be on Funimation's app now, and that they're gonna put out a Blu-ray release of it sometime soon, which is great because it costs like a billion dollars on eBay. 
Dang, I gotta watch it. I've been meaning to watch it for like three years. It's it's really good. I it has one of the best opening, um, just like opening credit sequences that I've ever seen in anime. I love it. It's it's so good. Um, the song gets stuck in my head every once in a while, and I'm like, shit, I need to go back and rewatch that. Uh, and now I can. Um, you should you should all check it out. It's really good. Hell yeah. I will say though, the Funimation app is garbage. Um. Oh God! I had to download the app, and then I went. I went to watch the show, and it was like you got to turn off parental controls. You can do that in settings, and I went great. And then I opened it up and went to settings, and it was like, hold on, you can't do that unless you go to our website. So I had to like pull up their desktop site on my phone and try and navigate around that and reconfigure my phone to make it work. It's the app is garbage, but the show's great. Nice. Um. Also. I think I feel like Color Out of Space is streaming somewhere already and I cannot tell you where, but I feel like I saw that online somewhere. Um I think it I think it like got is getting a limited release in theaters and a, and then it's moving to streaming if people want to check it out. Uh you can um, rent it and buy it on Amazon Prime Video. I don't know if you can watch it at on it doesn't say anything about watching it on prime but i'm not signed in on this computer so i don't know for sure but it is on prime video in some ways okay cool um yeah so if you can't if it's not playing near you uh it probably will be on a streaming app soon or it is already i don't know (laughs) hell yeah hell yeah all right. Um, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, thank you to everyone who's listening to us. It really means a lot to us. Um, we've been around for a year and we want to keep going. And that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't found an audience and found people that really liked the show. It's been really cool connecting with a bunch of people and making a show out of this. And I've really enjoyed making it for everyone. Um, if you want to support the show, you can do so. You can do it on... Uh, patreon.com uh, you can go, or, well you can go to patreon.com uh, p-u-h-t-r-a-y-i-n.com if you want to make my mistakes uh, or you can go to patreon.com and search for the Argonauts podcast uh, you can also send us any other questions comments anything um, to argonautspodcast at gmail.com yeah uh, our next episode uh, is going to be kind of a weird off format one uh, we're going to be talking to Riley and Joe about the Bed Bath & Bionicle ARG yeah we're going to try and do a uh, an oral history of Bed Bath & Bionicle we'll see how it goes so uh, if you want to send us questions for that uh, you could tweet at us you can email us you could tweet at our intern Alice yeah uh, and send in your questions for Riley and Joe. Yeah. Also, um, join us on uh, Discord. Uh, we'll have a link to our um, our our Argonauts uh, link down below, as well as um, the Orange Groves Network. Uh, a lot of great people in both chat rooms. Um, it's a really good Discord servers. Uh, we like them a lot. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, well, in that case, I think that's gonna do it for us, Martin. Uh, that's Args, baby. Hi. 
I'm Theo, and this is LGB Time Machine, an LGBTQ plus history podcast. In each episode, I'll research and then discuss a topic or time period or person that's relevant to LGBTQ plus history, and hopefully this will encourage more people to look into our history. So far, I've done a broad overview of the persecution of LGBTQ plus folks in the U.S., talked about the homophile movement, the Lavender Scare, LGBTQ plus bars, and looked at some of the riots and events leading up to and including Stonewall. Tune in to the Orange Groves Network to learn some cool facts about LGBTQ plus history that you might not have known before.